I'm John Ryan. And I'm J.D. Orr. And John, I think I'm having a moment podcast here for USA Team Handball Talk or whatever it is we're going to call this show. Yeah. Well, I guess you'll have to explain yourself. Yep. Uh, so, you know, the, right now there's a lot of handball action going on globally, uh, most in particular on the women's front. Uh, tons of women's handball throughout the globe, particularly women's world championships happening right now in uh, Sweden, Denmark, and a little bit of Norway, uh, as well as our our, our personal uh, USA junior national teams competing down in Mexico City. So, Yes, indeed. Um before I forget, though, I'm gonna gonna uh, have a word from our sponsor, GoFundMe. Uh, let's see here. Gotta find it. Well, John finds it. GoFundMe a great opportunity to to do a lot of uh, revenue. Oh, the damn thing! Oh, there it is. The damn thing is keeping me from seeing. Here we go. Now we ah. see. There it is. All right, so I've, I've mentioned this before on my website, social media before, but uh, um, we had an earlier fundraiser. We've got another fundraiser for uh, Danny Furco, 1996 Olympian, former teammate, uh, former Condor, uh, and, and maybe somewhat relevant because I think he – I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he is the only junior national team athlete to make it to the Olympics uh, in the wow. history of USA Team Handball. It's a pretty so, big set, yeah. Uh, anyway, Denny had a, a massive stroke a year ago. And you can see he's 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 uh, he's on the road to recovery there. There he is with uh, our team captain, Matt Ryan. Um, it's It's got a lot of bills piling up. Um, and, uh, like I said, he's, he's making his way for recovery. And I know some people know Danny, they probably already contributed. If you don't know Danny and you're so inclined, uh, any little bit that you can help any bit that you can share, uh, greatly appreciated. And I'll put a link to this in the, uh, the, uh, uh web post and social media. So, you got any questions, want to reach out, just let me know. All right. So how do I unshare? Stop share. Stop sharing. But man, what a stat there, you know, you know, for Denny. I mean, that's incredible. Uh that and now that you say that, I was trying to rack my brain on thinking of any potential candidates that would have fit on that, that pipeline. And I'm not sure. You no, know, and, and 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 this might seem as a criticism of Denny, but he may be the least stellar athlete that I know to make an Olympic team. I mean, you know, on the one hand, I'm saying well, he's not that good of an athlete. On the other hand, I'm saying he's not that good an athlete, and yet he kept working and he found a way to get there. Utility, utility yep. player. He's a switch nine. He played center back, circle runner, and wing, and I and I think that's why he. Was may, probably maybe the last man on that roster in '96. I don't know that for a fact, but the fact that he was so useful, I think, was a was a big big help. Um, you know, and it, it's always a tough selection process. Yeah, but 
Um, sorry for the detour. Uh, give me give me a little uh, rundown on the eye handball thing this past weekend. Not yep. too detailed. So, we'll probably go yep. into more detail later, but go ahead. Of course. So, you know, this past weekend we had a two-day tryout for a U24, specifically like an 18- to 24-year-old regional development team. Uh, that team is going to end up having weekly, uh, maybe bi-weekly practices, having some games every month. Uh, culminating with a, a trip to train with Roberts Club in Norway. Uh, we probably had about 28 to 30 guys come out this weekend uh, from all over the state, all over the region, and even had somebody fly in from New York. So um, a lot of great talent, uh, pretty good you know, a display of what we have, a lot of good American potential. Yeah, and they're going to also play in the West Point Tourney. Right. That's that's the plan. They're going to they're going to do some games with them before that as well and then end up going to the uh, Scott Pace. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, I I saw some of the teams that will definitely be at that West Point tournament uh, this past weekend at the Samala uh, second annual cup held here in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado at the uh, UCCS University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. So it's. First time I've been to a tournament since last Denver's <laughs> tournament. Um, and we'll talk more about that last week or next week. Um, uh, New York City ended up winning it in a uh, hard fought contest. It's like Slugfest, from what it sounded like. Uh, oh, well, some... well we've, I've even got some video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if they want to show the fractured uh, jaw or jaw, face but uh, or... we can show what the, the play that caused it. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll save that for next week with a, okay. a more detailed uh, discussion uh, of that tournament and uh, the state of the club handball scene in the U.S. But um, let's roll into uh, talking first about the uh, uh, the U.S. junior women. Um, yep. That game, the, the their last game was played earlier tonight. I guess, you know, you got two kids. You ended up uh, literally turning in to the last I, moment. I, I don't fact, know. Uh, I was had a free free second, and I hopped on, and I, I looked in the score, and it was, you know, 24-24, and the, the timer was at 29-30. And I was like, oh, this, this game is right at the very end of things here. And uh, – we had the ball. We went and got uh, got stuff. Here we and go. then we're gonna yeah, we're gonna okay. To walk me through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so twenty three twenty four here. It's a little bit less than a minute. And uh, Mexico and White with the ball. And uh, the situation here is that and Mexico scores there. Um, the U.S. and Mexico are level on points, uh, each team with uh, um, with the a same. loss. Yep. With a loss, and then so they, they, they each have, uh, I believe, seven points. So the U.S. needs to score here. To get those extra three points to win the tournament here. Oh, geez. Yeah, so, you know. Oh, the timeout was called. I was so like, a, time, timeout oh was God. called. <laughs> I believe here. Yeah, you know, the confusing thing to me is, is I, 
I was pretty certain that I'd done the math that uh, Mexico qualifies with a draw. And so, so if you're Mexico here, um, you definitely don't want to concede. Yeah, it, it, you, you're playing. It, it, it may be tied. Maybe you want to win the game, but you also don't want to give uh, the U.S. an opportunity to go back down and score. So I'm assuming that there's discussions taking place regarding that. Um, but it looks like there's a pretty solid crowd. You know, Mexico is obviously the host uh, for the well, tournament. It's, yeah, but... it's it's. Oh, and when second. I tuned so, in so, on so, YouTube, there was probably about 400 viewers. Uh, I think there was like a couple hundred. I, I don't know for sure. Have you been to that facility in Mexico? It's one of the few uh, standard handball places I have not been yet. So yeah, this is this is about when I tuned in. So we had okay. You know, so nine there's 20 here. seconds left. I think the clock's right. Then we get a clean shot off. I shouldn't say clean, but we get a shot off and miss wide. Just missed wide. And so here, here, Mexico is like, guys, you know, don't don't give yourself a chance to turn over. It looks like they're upset, but that yeah, some players I, I, know I, that they've won. That's where I was and really so confused. I can see why you're confused. And maybe she's going there to tell them they won. I I don't know. You, you'd like to think that uh, that they that they knew the situation there. Yeah. Um. Because I but, thought the way they reacted that the Mexico scored on that last shot, and I couldn't tell the pixelation if it went in the goal, and that's why uh, I was like, I thought it was a buzzer beater to end the game, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was from half court. What are we doing? <laughs> so. So so anyway, um, yeah, 24-24 draw. Mexico had uh, a four goal advantage in overall goal differential because obviously they tied. So the goal differential is, you know, head to head is, is nice. even. Yep. Um, so let's see, we'll stop this year. Um, well, let's be transparent here. I sent you with my prediction of the game. This is my prediction based on uh, what I thought was going to happen, which was Cuba beat Canada. And then for, you know, creating a, a, a complicated three-way high uh, on, uh, on points because Cuba would have already played their games. And um, so Cuba knew what they, what they were. And then the U S and, and, and uh, Mexico would have joined them in the table. Um, and if that had happened, if Cuba had won, the United States, by my calculation, would have gone through with a one goal loss um, or draw. Um, but Canada pulled the upset, did Mexico a real solid there. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, Mexico had to win by six. And me being the all knowing handball expert, what did I predict? You you figured Mexico would take care of business and uh, get that six goal victory, no problem. But the, our ladies showed something else there, you know, especially being down their top player here the last few games. They showed if you had watched 
the USA Guadalupe match. Um, you could have come to the conclusion that they were done because they they certainly did not bounce back well in that match. Um, and um, you know, eleven goal turnaround, and as you know, as it turns out, Guadalupe record wise wasn't one of the better teams there. Um, their only wins were against Puerto Rico, who everybody beat, and the United States. Um, but you know, a lot of credit to that USA, those USA girls fighting back. Um, you know, getting getting wins against uh, get my get my record Canada. straight. They beat Canada, who also was a competitive team, and uh, Cuba. Uh, in Puerto Rico, they they oh, won. Sorry, they won the yeah. first match against Cuba. Yep, and that's where I was like, oh, well, they, they look pretty good. And uh, um, you know, you're always trying to figure out which team is actually good or not. And I and I think one of the things I've learned based on these kind of crazy results is young teams maybe haven't played together a lot. They're going to have a lot of ups and downs. Yep. <laughs> I think every team that participated in this tournament went through that. And that's where it was, you know, really cool to see for our girls that uh, they ended up finding, you know, some new sources of goal scoring and some stellar goalkeeping as well. And it's just like, okay, well, that's all you really need to, to get success at this level. And Mexico, Mexico was actually down um, in that game by like, they were down four and a half, and I think that they pushed the lead to five or six goals. And then they they started marking mostly uh, uh, Daisy uh, Lysea. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and it was disruptive, you know, and they, they managed to get back into the game um, slowly but surely there to, to what you saw at the end. Um, I'm sure that was a little frustrating. You know, the U.S. couldn't hold on to that to that big lead. Um but you know, credit to the credit to the Mexican team. They kept fighting and, and found their way back. And you know, this was a deserved draw. It just kind of sucks to be on the other end of, of that deserved draw, where you know, a bigger blowout of Puerto Rico might have put you on the other side of that. Yep. Um, here's the good news. I, I looked at I looked at the 32 team. I looked to double check. It's 32 teams, and both the United States and Mexico went last time. And um, it, it sounds like they're going to have a lot of wild cards. If you could ever make a case for a team deserving a wild card, it would be the second place team that lost on that goal time. differential. Yeah. Yep. And drew in the final match. It, it would seem to me that there's a, there's an excellent chance that they will, uh, that they will get, a, uh, a wild card bid, but uh, I'm not sure exactly how that works. And, you know, also make the case, you know, U.S. is trying to build for the future. Gonna, uh, that's where I was going to go. Is that uh, there's probably enough politics around us being involved at these kind of events that that might carry a little extra weight. Um, but, you know, overall, um, I think everyone should be pretty pleased with the with the performance and the bounce back and probably, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I think if Eden Nesper had not, not uh, broken a wrist, I think that they would have, uh, 
beaten Mexico, probably would have had more comfortable win uh, with their other opponents as well. You, you never know. Uh, and they certainly, they certainly uh, proved to me that they're not a one trick pony <laughs> as a team. Yep. I mean, you see it all the time in sports, you know, specifically right now here in Ohio, you know, the Bengals lost Joe Burrow. I'm not a Bengals fan, but Jake Browning has stepped in and carried the torch just fine here. Um, so it's yeah, some of the next man up, whoever's going to, or in this case, the lady is going to step that up. That's DeVito uh, too, you know, I mean, yeah. it's all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what we need. Uh, no, good. Maybe DeVito would be the kind of guy like saying, hey, maybe he's just, he's national team material. You know, yeah. If it, if it doesn't pan out with the Giants, um, ah, uh, so I, I I should have checked the time when we landed, but uh, when we started, but uh, we can go into a broader discussion of the U.S. women, or we could we could touch base on the World Championships. I, I say we touch base on the world ongoing World Championships. Yeah, I think we can do touch base and then see where we where we are from there. But I think it's been probably about nine nine minutes, so we should right. have a decent amount of time. Decent amount. Have you watched any of the games, you cord cutter? I will be one hundred percent honest that no, I have not watched a single minute. I've seen plenty of highlights, um, but I I did do you know I, I keep tabs on the scores and. Uh, I'll check the Wikipedia page probably every other day on on. Well, I did breakdowns. I did a lot of work on the Wikipedia page this morning, okay. so I got I got some stats that we can talk about. All right. I However, have, I got my you've got stat VPN, too. right? You've got VPN, right? Mm-mm, I don't have any VPNs, so VPN is like yeah. three bucks a month. <laughs> Man, you're cheap. It's uh, I, gotta, I, I yep. anybody out there? Well, it doesn't matter now because it's, it's all on. <laughs> Well, actually, it does matter if you don't want to pay for Euros. an ESPN, ESPN yeah. subscription. You can you can uh, VPN into Canada, our friendly neighbors to the north, and you can watch any of the games on the IHF Competition YouTube channel, which I have done. I, I've watched uh, watched Greenland a few times. I uh, I've watched you know if there was a match in particular that I wanted to see that wasn't on the ESPN three platform, and I guess I'll get on my soapbox a little bit. Does anybody else in this country even care? It's a, that it's it's on a very, ESPN free? very fair point. And I would say probably, I mean, I'm upset that it's on ESPN three versus ESPN plus, but you know, usually I'm on Twitter and people are stumbling upon stuff and there's been no mentions of stumbling. So, you know, I, I put together a few posts, you know, I, I'm not the greatest at social media. I do my best. I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm, I, I like to think I'm in the top five, 10% uh, of people in their fifties for uh, social media, which puts me in the bottom five, 10% overall, but um, nothing. USA team handball hasn't posted anything. Um, I don't see anybody else, you know, excited. Uh, uh just, yeah, it's a little it's, disappointing for me. I, I am not great at creating buzz, but there ought to be some people out there. There's been um, some good storylines too. You know, I mean, I think was it uh, was it Senegal or Cameroon that had the all right, all right. The, well, that let's, whole let's saga. The there, there's some. There's some other. Let's get you know, into the stats about the, the great storylines. Yeah. What would you think the record is 
for non-European teams versus European teams. There has okay. been I, I did the I did the stats. There has been forty nine okay. games played. Holy cow, forty nine between right, so Europe and everybody else. When I when I said I prepared some stats, I had looked at the North America, North are basically Western Hemisphere, so North, South, and Caribbean. I wow, combined I, those. I, I skipped. Yeah. We're yep. no longer, you, you we're, went. we're split off from the North and the South. Yep. I have Greenland yep. stats and we can get to that. So, but, but 49 games, I would say, uh, I want to, I nine Angola's probably got, I think two, six Brazil's wins, got two, six wins, two draws, oh, man, and 41 okay. losses, a 13% win rate. Um, Senegal, Senegal had a great draw against Croatia. Angola uh, had a draw against Iceland, putting Iceland what? into the President's Cup. Japan, uh, Germany was it? Was it? Or that was they lost by one. They ended up they were tied. They lost by one. That's what it was. Japan had two wins. Brought Japan had the win of the the yeah, non-European win of the tournament yeah. against Denmark. That was something else. Um, and they also beat uh, Serbia. Uh, Brazil uh, picked up a couple wins. They blew out Ukraine, and they beat uh, uh, the Czech Republic, which is a solid win. You know, Czech yep. Republic went to the quarterfinals, and then Angola beat Austria and Argentina, also beat Ukraine. Um, so there really hasn't been storylines, from my opinion. <laughs> No. Look look at the all eight teams, European teams in the quarterfinals, and then the most boring, mundane possible semifinal matchups, France versus Sweden, Norway versus Denmark. So I mean Hmm. it's who who wouldn't have expected this? (laughs) The three hosts. The three hosts and then the next best. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Netherlands was probably the you know, the fifth, fifth beetle, if you will. Fifth, yeah. Um, but that all those games played just to end up at same, essentially a same chalk result. tournament. Yep. Yeah. Um not to say that there hasn't been some good moments, but in my opinion, it's been it's been few and far between. And as someone who likes to watch, you know, the other guys, yep. it, it hasn't been a good tournament for the other guys. I mean, Japan has stepped it up a little bit. Brazil has gone down a notch. Uh, Angola, maybe the same level, but maybe down a notch. I mean, um, if Japan beats Germany in that first uh, first game, because uh, I remember I didn't I have to go back and watch it, but I watched the the replay of the final sequence there, and I remember Chris or or Alex Kulesh, he's a big Japan guy, and he he was talking about how. The Japanese player had gone over to help get the ball for the German player, which allowed them to have more time on the clock to then set up the nine meter to, to get the shot off to win the game. And it's like, just just stop being nice for five seconds. Well, I, you know, I don't know if they, they realized that it was the Germany's ball. I don't know exactly what the what the secret yep, was. Yep. Um but uh, uh let's talk about our Norca representative Greenland. Hats off to Greenland. Easily the best President's Cup atmosphere ever. Some of those President Cup matches where Greenland was playing were better 
than some group play matches. Okay. You know, like the early match before the, the host teams are playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, they were played in uh, Frederick Chauvin. And I'm certain I'm not pronouncing that correct, but, you know, Denmark and, you know, Greenland's part of Denmark. So I'm sure that they had some locals rooting for yep. them. And then they had their contingent, great atmosphere. But uh, unfortunately, Greenland, you know, came up short in all of their President Cup matches. And then in today's 32nd place match against uh, Iran, um, uh, they just, they just, they looked like they were worn down. I watched most of that match. Um, so uh, disappointing outcome for Greenland. Um, so they, yeah, they, they played seven matches, lost all seven and uh, lost by an average of 14 goals. Um, they, sure. The closest they came was to uh, uh, Paraguay, I believe. I think they lost by two or three. And Paraguay got smoked in a lot of their games. So, so, um, yeah. you know, it's it it is what it is. You know, there it's a great story to see such a small country, you know, taking on taking on the world. Um, but you know, they don't have a lot of uh, people to work with. <laughs> Yep. Um, that said, uh, this past summer, um, they beat the United States 27 to 12. So uh, in perspective on where the U.S. is relative to the rest of the world, we got blown out by the team that got blown out and, and finished, finished 32nd out of 32. Not everybody. All right. And they, <laughs> they were, they were, uh, they were tied with Iran today at halftime. They, they they were competitive against teams like uh, like Paraguay and and, and uh, Iran. You know the the other teams, the other guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know they fought all sixty minutes, like like you would expect they would. Um, any other it's, thoughts on the World Championships? It's just one of those things that I you know I unfortunately being here I you know, compare those kind of tournaments to March Madness and, you know, leave the door open for the little guy as we've seen the last few years in particular that things get crazier and crazier, but at the end it's still the same same result. So, you know, the format doesn't really allow for the craziness to have too large of an impact, I would say. Um, but realistically, it doesn't seem like anything's, gonna anything truly crazy is gonna happen um so i i don't have any else to, to note on that and unfortunately just like you said another chalk tournament so well, well with handball the the possibility of the huge upset it, it's it's just lower the nature of the sport right does not allow it you know uh an undermanned basketball team can get hot from three-point land yep and catch up quickly and 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 you know surprise the other team the other team can have a bad shooting night you yeah. know or they just they just can't hit anything and, and the sort of same things can happen in handball and I, I guess they're really the only uh um the, the scenario is like the super hot goalie coming out of nowhere yep. stopping everything and then the other goalie you know just sucking Wet it up bag. big time yeah you know you know putting in putting in shots at any you know Letting in shots at anybody throwing up their, 
you know, can, you know, balls going between his legs. <laughs> that's where it's like, you need this here on this situation, you need this situation, you need this. So it's like, you know, you need the perfect star alignment for, for the upset to happen and, you know, not be able to make up ground without multi-pointed scores is really the, you know, deficit for these upsets in handball, I would say. You know, about the farthest you can go for an upset is something like what Japan did, yeah. you know, against Denmark. You know, that was a, I think they were like six goal underdogs. I'm not sure, you know, but that's, that's about the limit that you can see somebody, you know, pulling something out of their hat. And, uh, you know, with Japan, their style of play, I think, uh, throws some of the European teams for a loop. And, uh, yeah, it's not I think a, that they're used a, to. a Kempa to, to go to win the game is definitely from the wing. It's not uh, where I'd expect the, the final shot to come from. So, yeah, I'd say unexpected. Is, it, right. is it poor Erasmus, you know, like run it to Japan for what they've done? You know, like people are like on, you know, just slamming him, you know, like, you know, of course you're whining about how it shouldn't have been counted. Da, 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 you know? right, yep, yep. <laughs> there's, like, there's nothing, you know, you can say credit to Japan. They deserve to win. But as soon as you start whining about it, that's all people are going to hear is, is yep. the whine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Patrick oh. Mahomes, that's where I'm on the, the wine train with him here this past week. So, but now he's seen the error in his ways. So everybody sees, so to go look at the replay. Everybody will be fine. So. All right. So. They say we're running out of time. So I think that's the uh, 10 minute warning here. Um, well, let's maybe switch gears to more of a philosophical discussion. Yep. I don't know if I feel like I've been leading the way on this. Maybe no. I should let you. Yeah, yeah I'm, you. I'm, I'm here to be co pilot. That's, that's totally fine with me. But, uh, you know, they're talking about how we had. Greenland finished 32nd and average margin of loss being around 14. And we end up losing to them by 15 this past summer, um, you know, and looking at our roster as well. And then looking at how the, the junior team has done the last several years. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that what, what, how are things shaken up to uh, see some changing of, who's representing the the senior team and how that team's going to be made up of, of athletes here in the next, I mean, five years is well too far in advance for us, I think, to talk who's going to be on that team, but even the next few years of, of how they're going to develop. So. Yeah. I, I, I struggle, I struggle with this because there's, there's anytime you start criticizing players and athletes you, you think about your days as an athlete and you're like oh, who the hell are you to say that you know we yep. suck you suck too and i yeah i freely admit that but in relative terms all right um um that said the talent level on in our current women's pool is the lowest that i've ever seen it ever it's not even close and it, it it really skews expectations um plans for the future um i i, I guess the way i was it if in our entire pool of athletes right now the only player 
that would make the 96 or 92 teams is Sophie Fasold. Um, and, and she'd start in goal. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure of that. Not that the, uh, we didn't have talented goalies, but nobody has faced as many shots as a goalkeeper yeah. by now than she has. Um, and, and experience is a big part of being a goalkeeper. Um, but after that, I don't see anyone at the level of the athletes that we had on those teams. And it's not a reflection of how hard they work. Uh, in some respects, they probably made, many of them have made more sacrifices to get where they are than a lot of those athletes from, from earlier days. But where I get, where I get concerned is when you have a player pool, like for the junior team, another group of hardworking girls, but I don't think there was much competition to make that team. Um, no, I, I, again, I think we mentioned a little bit previously that there wasn't a huge amount of attention and I don't know how many people even applied to, to try out for that team. Um, and looking at the number of attendees at the Carolina camp, uh, I don't know that there was a ton of people in that U21 kind of category. So, uh, I don't, yeah, what I'm getting at is that there's not a lot of names in the hat. So, so you make, you make the U21 team, I guess where I really get concerned, I, I get concerned on two levels. Um, better athletes are coming. And I know that you weren't around playing handball when there was an Olympics coming up, but that really changes who can be recruited and who can be developed into an athlete. We're not there yet, but as we approach the Olympics, I think that we are going to be able to get a higher quality of athlete. I'm, I'm pretty certain that. I'm going to ask this question. Be... Who's going to be doing the developing? Because we only got four and a half years at this point. So that's a, well, I, I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, they're, they're out there for the taking, but we need to start the process soon. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, I guess the, the, the point that I make is that uh, the talent level is low enough currently. It, 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 it's a it's a weighing of different factors. How good of athletes are you going to get? What kind of development program are you going to have for those athletes? How much time do you have? Yep. And I think that even a modest program like what we had at Auburn or what like people are yep. looking to do at Dallas or some other location something's going to be done and there's going to be good athletes that are going to come in. They're going to learn how to play the game. And this is where I get concerned. I get concerned on one level from a financial planning. I don't know what the plan is. I don't think there is a plan, but if there is a plan or an idea in the back of people's head to say like, Oh, we're going to get better athletes and we're going to train them. If you're going to do that, then what are you doing with the current athletes? Yep. Because if you, they gotta if, go, you think, want... if you think you're going to find better athletes, what are you doing with the current athletes? Is that wasted energy? And money, you know, money, finances, Not a cheap trip. Okay. 
So I, I get concerned from that standpoint. All right. And then I get concerned, and this is why I wrote my, you know, my story about my low ceiling. Now, I started on defense three years prior to the Olympic Games, and I bailed in part because I knew there were better athletes coming to take me away. And I was told that diplomatically, uh, and I, I get concerned. You wanna you wanna motivate your team. If you're a coach, you want to motivate your players, help them to get better. But if you're it's a conflict of interest. Yep. You know, yep. and, and we don't have we don't have the management structure, a high performance manager or a technical director or someone else in the management structure that can step in and say, Hey, you know, you're good, you're a good athlete. It's going to be challenging for you, da, 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 da. But I think some of those discussions should probably be taking place. Um, and those are not easy discussions to have with people. Yep. Yep. And you know, the perfect example I think of from an athlete standpoint is, you know, this past summer, Katie Timmerman, she came into the scene. I'd never heard of her. Um, and she ended up by the end of the, tournament getting a pretty hefty amount of playing time with just relatively no good for her yeah but it is absolutely crazy that someone who has never played the game before can come in and after a couple weeks maybe get significant minutes on our national team that is just so out of whack that's just and so to your point, you know, she's a D3 basketball player. And if we start she's going D2, down the road. D2. Okay. All right. My apologies. But, but I'll tell point, you, I'll tell you one thing. Is, I've seen a yeah. lot of D2 and D1 basketball because my niece played D2 basketball. There is a huge gap between D1 and D2. Yep. There is. Oh, wait, I mean, we got into the philosophical discussion <laughs> too late. But like, but like I said, we, we always have next week jd maybe we will we can dive deep into it yes i guess we can go a long time on this one so um it's there needs to be a plan and if you have a plan then you can tell people where they fit within that plan if the plan is always try out the best team with the best available athletes you have that's not a plan I don't know. Yep. We should have left ourselves more time. Anyway, <laughs> for JD Orr, this is John Ryan. Thanks for listening. Contribute to Denny, and we'll carry this up. We'll pick this up next week. I'll be